going to do is I'm going to give you a two-part message uh, so you'll better understand what the Holy Spirit is really trying to do in your life. Not only is he leading you to be more Christ-like, but he's also developing you and I as servants. So I'm doing a two-part message, and this first part is going to be a baseline. Mostly we're going to talk about Old Testament, because that's a, a, a base, a shadow of the New Testament type of a, of a servant. And if you understand the Old Testament servant and what that really means, you'll, better have a, you'll have a better grasp of what a servant means in the New Covenant. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful time when I get to share this word that you put on my heart. And Lord, I pray that I speak very clear and I'm able to give vision to my, my family here, my friends. Thank you, Lord, for working in our lives in different areas. In Jesus' name, amen. So did you know that in ancient Israel, there were laws for kidnapping for the purpose of making slaves? There were laws. For example, Deuteronomy 24, verse 7. <clears throat> if a man is caught kidnapping one of his brother Israelites and treats him as a slave or sells him, the kidnapper must die. We're not talking about life in prison. The kidnapper must die. You must purge the evil from among you. In Exodus 21, deals with kidnapping a foreigner for the purpose of slavery. Exodus 21, 16. Anyone who kidnaps another and either sells him or still has him when he is caught must be put to death. Therefore, if you're caught in the kidnapping business to sell slaves, you're a dead person. It was a direct command from God. If you're kidnapping for the purpose of making a slave, you are going to die. It was, a, it was a swift death. Now, to begin this understanding of a biblical servant of God, let me start in the Old, Test, in the Old Testament or Old Covenant, because within the Old Covenant there are four words that have been translated as servant, serve, or slave. So we're going to look at these, at, these four, at these four words, and you're going to begin to get a, an idea of what Jesus talked about when he talked about servanthood, or being a slave for Christ. Actually, Paul talked about that. Now, the four Hebrew words we're going to look at are these. <clears throat> Ebed, Abad, Sakir, and Sharath. Ibad, Abad, Sakir, and Sharath. Now, in this congregation, I don't have to worry about Hebrew speakers. But in the but but um, at the other con at Beth Messiah, we got a few real. They, they really understand Hebrew, so I got to watch out what I'm saying. I think I pronounce these correct, but if I don't, you got the point. All right, it's not that important. First of all, we're going to look at um, Ebed. Now, the Hebrew word Ebed 
has been translated to mean a slave or a servant. Now, if you don't believe me on these, write these down, and you can check your Strong's Concordances, and you'll see these are, these are absolutely correct. An Ebed is an individual who has given up their personal rights to serve another. They gave up their personal rights to be a servant. For example, the chief priest, he was the chief Ebed, who, who discovered Rebekah to be wed to Isaac. Okay? He was the chief servant. So this tells me he wasn't just anybody. He was someone who purposely gave up his rights to serve his master. And he was, he was the chief of these, so he was given the responsibility um, to look for a wife for Isaac. Another example of an Ebed is found in Deuteronomy 12, verse 18. And these slaves were usually those who sold themselves as servants because of a debt. These were usually uh, uh, those who, sold, who were sold by their parents because of extreme poverty. They were sold by a court of judgment for some, some a crime committed. I like that. See, nowadays, you know, someone comes and steals X amount of money. He goes to prison for three years, gets out in three months, and you're out $30,000. Okay? Now, according to the scriptures, this wouldn't happen. He would be your slave for X amount of time. He'd work it off. I like that. Let's read about this Ebed. In Deuteronomy 15, verse 12. If your brother, a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, is sold to you and serves you six years, then in the seventh year you shall let him go free from you. And when you send him away free from you, you shall not let him go empty-handed. You shall supply him liberally from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your winepress, from what the Lord has blessed you with, you shall give to him. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore I command you this thing today. And if it happens that he says to you, I will not go away from you, because he loves you and your house, since he prospers with you, then you shall take an owl and thrust it through his ear to the door, and he shall be your servant. He shall be your ebed forever. Also, to your female servant, you shall do likewise. It shall not seem hard to you when you send him away uh, free from you, for he has uh, been worth a double-hired servant in serving you six years. Then the Lord your God will bless you in all that you do. Okay, so from Deuteronomy 15, verses 12 to 18, we learn that an ebed, or a servant, is a servant that must give up their personal rights to be a true servant. An ebed type of servant can be one who serves out of love or obligation. And if he or she serves out of love and wants to continue service, they become like a love servant. And they have a mark of a love servant because they got this big hole in their ear. Okay, both men and women. And when they, they served, they, they, they became part of the family. 
and they, and they prospered because the family prospered because of the work that they, that they were doing. And there was a real relationship. And so they said, you know, your people will be my, your family will be my family, et cetera, et cetera. And so we're going to be um, hooking our wagon up to your wagon train from now on. And go ahead, put a hole in my ear. An Ebed-type servant was to be treated very well and rewarded liberally or generously according to the worth of their service. So it wasn't, so you see these, these in Ebed, this, this, this servant or this type of slave, they, this was not like, like, like the Jews in Egypt when they were slaves. No, this is a different relationship completely, completely. And they were all treated good. And even if, even if, even if you, you went into slavery because of a debt, okay, and, and, and you worked hard, and your master prospered, when you were let go, you were let go with wealth, with wealth to start your life over again as a free person. That's an ebed. Now, another Hebrew word for servant is one who serves, uh, sounds similar to Ebed, and that's Abad. There's Ebed and Abad. And Abad refers to the servant who serves both the people and God in the Holy of Holies. Abad. And Abad is a servant that serves the people and God within the Holy of Holies. For example, Numbers 18, verse 7. Therefore you and your sons with you shall attend to the priesthood for everything at the altar for everything at the altar and behind the veil and you shall abide you shall serve you shall abide I give your priesthood I give you I give your priesthood to you as a gift Think about that the priesthood was given as a gift as a matana, Hebrew is matana, which means a gift in the sense of a sacrificial offering. I give you a gift that you can make yourself a sacrificial offering for service. But the outsider who comes near shall be put to death. So it's just a high priest that could go into the Holy of Holies. And this was considered a gift. A gift to come into the presence of God. This tells me that this type of servant has been given a special gift from God in the ability to serve even like a sacrifice. And because of this gift, he's able to enter God's presence and he should view his service as a gift. But in the process of enjoying having this gift, he must be willing to lay down his life in sacrificial service to God. He must be willing to. Because if he goes into the Holy of Holies and he's not right with God, he becomes a real sacrifice. He becomes dead. Another Hebrew word for servant or one who serves is sakir. Sakir. And this means a servant who serves for the purpose of money, of dollars. In Exodus twelve forty three, And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, 
This is the ordinance of the Passover. Now, this is important. No foreigner shall eat it, but every man's servant, every man's ebed, who is bought for money, when you have circumcised him, then he may eat it, a sojourner and a hired servant or a hired sakir shall not eat it. So what does this really mean? Well, I've got, a, I've got a commentary, and I want to read part of this commentary because it explains it so very, very well. <clears throat> it says, Regulations Concerning the Participants in the Passover. These regulations, which were supplementary to the law of the Passover in verses 3 to 11, were not communicated before Exodus because it was only by the fact that a crowd of foreigners attached themselves to the Israelites that Israel was brought into a connection with foreigners, which needed to be uh, clearly defined, especially so far as the Passover was concerned, the festival of Israel's birth as a people of God. That is one huge sentence. I wonder who... I wonder who did that. If the Passover was still to retain its, this significance, of course no foreigner could participate in it. Boy, there's a message in that. Because, you see, you're no longer foreigners. But you are now, because of the gospel, because of Jesus Christ, you are fellow citizens, see, with God's people. So you can participate in the Passover. If the Passover was still to retain its significance, of course, no foreigner could participate in it. This is the first regulation. But as it was by virtue of a divine a call and not through natural descent that Israel had become the people of God, and this as it was destined uh, in the capacity to be a blessing to all nations. Man, this guy just has these run-on sentences like. The attitude assumed toward foreigners was not to be an altogether repelling one. Now, here we go. Listen to this. Hence the further directions in verse 44. Purchased servants who had been politically incorporated in Israel's property were to be entirely incorporated by circumcision, so as even to take part in the Passover. But settlers and servants working for wages were not to eat of it, for they stood in a purely external relation which might be any day dissolved. You know, there are so many messages in this that I could preach. So many messages. Suck here. Another word for a servant is sharath. So a sakir is one who works for the money. Purely money. Like hiring an electrician, hiring a plumber. Just It's not ministry, it's for the money. Sometimes it can be ministry, but in the church setting. But, you know, it's, it's working for just purely money. Another word for a servant is sharath, which usually means one who serves by doing what seems like insignificant tasks. A sharath. They do what seems like insignificant tasks. Exodus 28, 31. You shall make, you shall make the robe of the ephod, all of blue, though this is the garments for the high priest. There shall be an opening for his head in the middle of it. He shall have a woven binding all around its opening, like the opening of a coat of mail, so that it does not tear. And upon its hem 
you shall make pomegranates, pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet all around its hem, and bells of gold between them all around. So on the hem of your garments, you got these pomegranates, and you got these bells. A, a golden bell and a pomegranate, a golden bell and a pomegranate upon the hem of the robe all around. And it shall be upon Aaron when he ministers, when he sharath, when he ministers, when he sharath. And its sound will be heard when he goes into the holy place before the Lord and when he comes out, that he may not die. It's the word sharath we're going to be looking at. But I want to look at another verse. Interesting. In Exodus 24, 13. So Moses arose and his assistant. Now that word here is sharath, or a lot of versions say his servant. His sharath, Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. So we see that Joshua was a, an assistant, a servant. He was a sharath. Now this tells us that even though we have been given authority by God, authority like high priests and authority like Joshua, who was the commander of Israel's army, we should not shirk at what others consider menial or insignificant tasks. Why? Because all is important to God. That word sharath means the tasks that, are, that seem min, um, minimal so, or, or insignificant. So we, we, we understand the high priest is, is in a place that he could only be once a year. And he's told what to do. Scriptures give us all these things he has to do. And if you see all the things that he has to do, they, are, they seem insignificant. So behind the curtain, he does sharath, minimal tasks. Then we see Joshua, who's going to be the leader. And he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's the general of the army, of Israel's army at the time. He is serving, he's assisting his master, Moses, doing minimal, a lot of minimal, insignificant tasks. He's a servant, a sharath. So these are the different words that we see in the Old Testament for a slave, a servant. It's not like people think it really is. To be a slave to a master was not a real bad thing. In many cases, you were very fortunate. So the takeaway from this message, here's the takeaway, will be in the form of asking yourself some questions about your service to the Lord. And I would remind you that we're going to build upon this when Jesus talks about being a servant. When he talks about he being the master and you're the one who serves. So, from this message we learned there are different kinds of servants. So like the Ebad, are you the kind of servant who has given up your personal rights 
to serve your master? Have you given up your personal rights? Like in Abad, are you the kind of servant who sees your service to your master as a gift? As a gift. Like a Sakir, are you a servant who serves out of what you can get? Like a salary, a prestige, or something to just feed your ego? Like a sheriff, you consider your servants, your service to God as insignificant, so you do it half-heartedly, or do you see even the small things that you do to serve your master as important? We're all servants of one form or another. We serve either ourselves, we serve the devil without knowing it, or we serve God. So this is an important teaching to understand, to really understand what Jesus is talking about when he talks about you and I being servants, when Paul talks about us being slaves to the gospel. This is a basis. You have to understand this. You know, there's a song that we used to sing. I used to sing this back in the early 70s, and I think we used to sing this years and years ago. <clears throat> so easy. It goes like this. If you want to be great in God's... Remember this one? Mark, do you remember this? No? If you don't remember, no one else is going to remember it. It goes like this. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. Learn to be the servant of all. Learn to be the servant of all. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. How many of you is the first time you ever heard it? Oh, man. This is an oldie. Try to sing it with me. It's really easy. If you want to be great, in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. Learn to be the servant of all. Learn to be the servant of all. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. Amen. Let's all stand together, please. God wants to bless you. Number 621, God instructs the high priest to bless 
those who he calls his own. He says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace, peace in your heart as you're really learning what it means to be a servant. In Jesus' precious name, amen. God bless you. I love you a lot.